end of an era at Ipswich Town, the man that so many of us know as the voice of Portman Road PA announcer Rob Chandler has dropped the mic and is heading back to the top tier of the North Stand to support the team he loves. Myself and Mike Bacon recently had a good old chat with uh, with Rob about all things Ipswich Town and his job on the mic at, at Portman Road. This was recorded before he made the decision to leave his role as, as PA announcer. So that, that is discussed a little bit, but it's since been confirmed, as I'm sure many of you know. He'll be really missed around Portman Road, but he's got so many great memories, which he was really um, really generous with his time on sharing with me and Mike. So I hope you enjoy this chat, and uh, here we go. Okay, well, Andy Warren, Mike Bacon here for a special special chat with a man that, for most of my life, I've known as the, the voice of Portman Road, Rob Chandler. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, how are you doing? It's a pleasure. Andy, Mike, good morning. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for asking me. It's a it's a pleasure to hear to hear your dulcet tones coming down my <laughs> down down my computer into into my ears here because most lots of my childhood, and I'm sure there are so many people listening to this, just just know your voice and some might not even know your know your face. So if you're watching on video, um you can maybe put a face to uh, a face to the voice. But um you've been a big part of people's lives, haven't you, for quite for quite some time at, at Portman Road in the good times and, and then also uh, the not the maybe not quite so good times as well. It, how do you reflect on all of that? Uh, well, you're right, of course, Andy, and I think that sums up being an Ipswich fan, doesn't it, really? You know, the ups, the downs. I think when I first started doing it was around about 1998. Uh, we made the playoffs that season. Sheffield United got the draw away. Uh, you know, looked as though we were going to do it in the home leg, didn't quite get over the line. Successive playoff seasons followed until we finally got there by way of Wembley, which was, you know, obviously the best way to get promoted. And then that incredible first season in the Premier League, finishing fifth. Well, it was like being a, a teenager again. You know, it's like the, the glory days were back. Uh, and we all know what followed thereafter. So, yeah, I mean, it's ups and downs. I first started going, watching, late 60s. Well, I think it was after we'd won the World Cup. Um, and we were a second division team. Uh, we all had big teams, if you like, that we followed, in the, you know, in playing football in the playground. Um, my second team, if you like, with Chelsea, I was Peter Rosgood in the playground. <laughs> you know, I mean, Ipswich are always first. Um, but I think, was it 67, 68, uh, we were promoted. Um, and, you know, it just seemed the place to be, didn't it? The top division for Ipswich and Bobby Robson and all the glory years that followed. Um, but, yeah, ups and downs. <laughs> More downs recently. But, uh, yeah, that's the way of being an Ipswich fan, isn't it? You've yeah. got to get used to it. But it means the good times, the victories those playoff wins are all the more sweeter, I think. Mike, do you feel an element of pressure here hosting a podcast with a real-life radio host? This is a, <laughs> this is kind of our second string, isn't it? We're, we're writers, really, but um, we're trying I'm our best. Aren't we? as well. Sometimes. Thank you. Very kind yeah, of you. No, I follow you guys, uh, you know, on, uh, on Twitter, and you always make a lot of sense, and I think for the most part you sum up the way us fans feel. And it's good to have that voice. You know, you want somebody representing how you're feeling, the heartache, you know. So, yeah, more power to you. 
I think you're. I think you're right, Andy. I'm. Um, I, I, I mean, Rob has Rob has been a voice of the radio for for as long as he's been a football fan as well. I think he's been it's been outstanding and uh, and still going strong today. Of course, on um on his new on the new radio station that he's, he's involved with. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to say it, but we're going to anyway. Greatest Hits Radio, which obviously Rob is doing, <laughs> doing a great job on. But, I mean, no, it's it's. It, it's right. I mean, it's interesting to say that, Rob, because you just said you started following back late sixties. Late sixties. See, I started in the early seventies, and wow. my second team was Liverpool. And yeah, we Kevin, all did it, didn't we? Yes, yeah. My Kevin Keegan was my man. You see, I used to run around with number seven on my back um, in the yeah. Liverpool kit. But Ipswich yeah. Town was still our team. You know? Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. I can remember my dad took me to Stamford Bridge. We were drawn away at Chelsea in the FA Cup. We went down on the train. We got seats in the stand. I think we lost 3-0. Uh, after the match, we were on Liverpool Street Station. My dad went into the bar, his second home, if you like. And, uh, you know, I met my hero there, Danny Hegan. My dad got oh. talking to somebody who was connected to the club, maybe one of the directors. And he said, who's your favourite player? And I said, Danny Hegan. He came over for a chat. And uh, there was some talk that Danny was leaving the club and I was, you know, most upset and say, more or less pleaded with him not to go. And I think that sort of tugged at Danny's heartstrings and he told me to meet him um, at the, the entrance, you know, the players' tunnel, if you like, the next home game. And he'd had some photos signed for me. And still to this day, it, it eats yeah. away at me because I was there. God knows why. I was on my own, only about nine or ten. And I was too shy to push my way through and say, Danny Hegan's waiting for me because I thought no one's going to believe that. So I kept trying to wave and catch his eye. I can see him now standing there with a brown envelope. Seriously, true story. Yeah. And after he waited five, ten minutes and, and went in. And now, and I still sometimes now I stand there, you know, mic in hand, players tunnel. And I think, why? Why didn't I just shove my way through and <laughs> Danny, I'm here. And, you know, for years I thought about contacting him, you know, on the slim chance that he would remember me and maybe say, oh, yeah, I've still got the brown envelope. Here's your photos. But I never did because, sadly, we lost Danny a few years back. But, uh, yeah, happy memories. It's funny because one of my um, one of the first games I always remember seeing, we have a little bit of nostalgia to start off with, perhaps, is um, is Stoke City at Portman Road, and Gordon Banks was in goal, and and I was only I was, I was just a guy was tiny, I just went in, and used to stand on my milk crate in the East End, and, um, and I always remember Gordon Banks, obviously been the England keeper, and it was extraordinary to see this World Cup keeper at Portman Road. I, I just remember, yeah. I don't probably remember, I don't probably remember the next six seasons, but I do remember that one start, and. Um, yeah. Yeah, some 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 great some great early days there. Um, well, I suppose the 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 big game back then was when Manchester United came to town, and it seemed to me the whole of Ipswich was full of red and white. I mean, they came down in their thousands, yeah. and I used to stand on the milk crate in the North Stand. You didn't go in the North Stand for those kind of games. You'd go, you know, one of the other stands, and being a kid, you'd get shoveled down to the front, and you'd sit around you know, the perimeter of the pitch with your back against the wall. Yeah. I can remember one uh, game against United. We beat them 1-0. And, I mean, there was, you know, Nobby Styles, Bobby Charlton, George Best, Alex Stepney, you know, all these huge names. And we all, all the kids ran on the pitch, you know, <laughs> celebrating. We're cleared off by the police. But, um, 
Yeah, we, I don't know, we always seem to beat Man United. We seem to have a good record against them. Mm. The big 6-0, of course. Six nil. Oh, yeah. 6-0. Do you know what, Mike and Andy? You know, often it's a question asked, if you could relive one day in your life, which would you choose? And for me, in football terms at least, you know, children being born and all the rest of it apart, it would be that day, the 6-0. I was working at Radio Orwell and the sports editor was a guy called Pete Barraclough. I don't know whether mm. you met him or remember him. Yeah, I do. Um, and he came up to me. I was still working part-time for the radio station and full-time for the, the co-op on Derby Road at the time. <laughs> and um, Pete said, you do a disco, don't you, Rob? I said, yeah, me and a couple of mates, we've got a mobile disco. He said, well, how do you fancy this booking? It's for Paul Mariner. He's throwing a party in the in his village, in the village hall. Uh, I think it was probably on the Suffolk Essex border, somewhere around there. And uh, he said, you know, all the players will be there, should be a good night. Do you fancy it? And I thought, God, yeah. And of course, it was the evening of the Man United game. So there oh. we were. <laughs> back of the churchmans. And um 6-0. I mean, you know, I don't need to go through the details of the game. Every Ipswich fan, you know, they weren't there. They've seen the highlights. Paul Mariner hat-trick, of course. So we're on a high anyway. We drive out to the village hall. There's a Porsche parked outside the village hall. We walk in. Paul Mariner's standing on a table putting decorations up on the ceiling. <laughs> and, uh, oh, Paul, we're the disco. All right, lads. And um, I said, can we just move your car? We need to get the van up to the door. That's just the keys to his Porsche. So I didn't get to move it, unfortunately. One of my mates did. We got the gear set up, had a chat with Paul. You know, what a game, Paul. You know, hat-trick, congratulations. Incredible. You know, 6-0, could have been 8-0. The penalty misses that we, we all remember. Anyway, that night we're doing the disco. Because one by one, the players came in. George Burley, Mick Mills, you know, all, all, all our heroes at the time. And we're standing there in awe, having a fantastic time, thinking we're getting paid for this. Next thing, <laughs> Pete Paraclough comes over, says, all right, lads, how's it going? We said, yeah, great. You know, Millsy, George Burley, <laughs> Eric Gates, Alan Brazil, you know. He said, um, what do you think of the actress Susan George? And we're all like, yeah, phew. Yeah, Susan George, why? He says she's about to walk in. And we're like, oh, yeah, of course she is. Next thing, door flung open, fur coat. This, you know, amazing blonde Susan George walks in. And we're standing like, huh, like that. She looks over and smiles, and that's it. Our legs go. At the end of the night, we get paid. Paul Mariner's dad comes over. Well done, lads. Did a great job. Slips us another 20 quid. So, we, you know, on top of our fee, we've got 20 quid tip, which back then, you know, was a decent amount of money. Can you imagine, as I, my head hit the pillow that night and I closed my eyes, I was just reliving the day. <laughs> Six <laughs> against Man United, disco for Paul Mariner, all the players are there, Susan George turns up, <laughs> and we get, a, we get a decent tip as well. I tell you what, as days go, not bad. <laughs> That's that's a, that's an outstanding that's an outstanding memory of that of that day, Rob. Wow, well, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, fans. I mean, Andy, uh, Andy. When did you really start following the town? When was your because obviously me and Rob go back a little bit further, and I suppose sometimes town fans 
who are a lot younger probably think, oh, I wish, just wish all these days we never really saw. Um, yeah. Mean, they are, they're, they're still, that's why Ipswich has this great history, though. And that's why the yeah. new American owners would have looked at all this sort of stuff, you know, going back all these years. And that's what makes our club so great that we had those times. Who says we're not going to have them again? We mustn't ever think we're not. Mm. Um, you know, it may be a little while away. We know that. But, you, you know, I mean, where was, so where were you, Andy? What, where was your... Uh, uh, it's quite nice to talk about this actually because I don't talk about this very often in kind of what the job that I do now it's all kind of kind of trying to be quite neutral with it but I I really I think my first game was in 93 but I really started going kind of 97 I think got first got a season ticket with my dad which I feel quite lucky to have been Obviously, we've got this this time we're talking about here of 6-0 wins over Man United, UEFA Cups, FA Cups. But I, I feel quite lucky in that my, my time really was from kind of 97 to, to 2005, which was my real time watching Ipswich. And that's a that's a pretty good, yeah, pretty good era, I thought. Constant playoffs, um, obviously a promotion in there, some Europe in there. And then I, I moved away from Ipswich in, in 2005 once kind of Joe Royal was, was done with this great team there. So... That, I, I feel quite lucky that I managed to get that that era, but I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't jealous of the story that you've just told, Rob, because that, those days, those days, um, those days sound amazing. But there were some pretty good ones in in my run uh, yeah. as well. Well, exactly, and and that re-emphasises the point. You know, the ups and downs of being an Ipswich fan. But I think Mike, you know, touched on it there. We wouldn't change anything. You know, for as depressing as it is and has been for several years now. And you look at Norwich promoted back to the Premier League, you know, and they're in a far better place than we are at the moment. But I wouldn't swap no. places, you know, because of all those memories. You know, you, you just, what can you say? You know, you wouldn't change that for anything, Mike, would you? No, and, and I think you're, you're right, because the Premier, the Premier League has become a league just to be in rather than just to be successful in. And yeah. And when and when we were in the top, when Ipswich were in the top league, whether it was before it was the Premier League, even in Division One, we we were successful in it. We we were, we were in top two, we were in top three or four. We nearly won the title, you know, in eighty one. You know, um, was eighty one, eighty two season, eighty eighty one. I can't remember. Well, was, several, several. Yeah, yeah. Those those that little period there, we nearly won the title, and that doesn't again. It doesn't mean to say it's not going to return. But for a lot of clubs, I in the Premier League these days, and they're just it's just they're bouncing up and down, just. And being in the Premier League seems to be their greatest success. Whereas yeah. Ipswich Town actually have... I mean, I was, I was at Charlton the other week because Andy was having... He was on, a, on some sort of wedding stag do, Rob. Absolutely outrageous. Just, have a just, weekend a, off. Just, a we, just a wedding. <laughs> oh, sorry. Just a wedding. Um, anyway, went to, Charlton, went to Charlton and... Um, and um, and had a long chat with with Mick Mills, who I, have, I see quite often in the press box. We've never had really a chance to chat to him because but away game, he had a bit more time. And just talking to the man, you know... The guy's yeah. standing there lifting the UEFA Cup, lifting the FA Cup, captain in England, you know, um, just just wonderful just to be able to be there and and, and talk to him. And But that's history that the Ipswich fans have still, they still can see Mickey Mills walking about. They can still see George Burley pottering about. Yeah. They still have these people, you know, and they're all there and they'll, they'll all talk. And it's up to our new lads to, to create new history and, and, you know, hopefully that's what will happen. Yeah, but all those special... Saturday afternoons, all those special nights, trips to Wembley. That's why it's, you know, the club is in there. And yeah. I saw that fantastic 
uh, you know, the story of the, the Wembley playoff win, which I've watched, you know, over and over again, was just brilliant. And when you see Marcus Stewart choking up, what does Ipswich mean to you? You know, and he has to stop the filming. And I mean, God, does that get you? I mean, I well up every time and you think, ah, you know, for as much as they annoy the hell out of you sometimes, you know, <laughs> you can't divorce your football club, can you? You know, mm. you can't change that. And that's you why did that. You, you did that interview, Andy, didn't you, with Marcus? And, uh... I did. I did. I'll tell oh, you, but, but between between stopping the camera and restarting it again, just to get that final little bit, I think that was twenty minutes in that time where we wow. we stopped we stopped and just had a little chat about about yeah. things. And and remarkably, that was literally the final thing that we filmed for that film, wow. the the very Amazing. final thing, and it ended up just being absolutely perfect and oh, and highlighted yeah. highlighted everything that the club. He only played for the club for just over two years. It's I remarkable, know. isn't it? And it and it still means that yeah. much. And Tony Mowbray the same. Yeah. You know, oh, God, it just, whew, goosebumps just <laughs> even reliving mm. it now. But Mick Mills, can I just, quick story, Mick Mills used to park his car in my parents' drive. <laughs> and I must have got his... What, on the way to the ground? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Oh. No, true story. And I have, I have reminded him of this, and he's a bit vague <laughs> about it, but I promise you it's a true story. Um... <clears throat> Uh, my parents didn't have a car. Dad never drove. And so we had this, you know, fairly sizable drive. And Mick at the time was dating a girl who lived around the corner. And they didn't have a drive. There were steps up to their house. So uh, I think the girl's father used to park his car in the drive, in our drive. So he said to Mick, look, you know, going around the corner, you know, I parked my car in his drive. Why don't you use that? So he did. Uh, Austin 1100, as I recall, with a little <laughs> pair of football boots hanging from the mirror. And I must have got his autograph about 30 times. Yeah, it's... it's, uh, it's I, I, to go back to Marcus Stewart, when I was editor of The Green, and Marcus, who, as Andy said, was only there to... We talk about him as a town legend. The bloke made such yeah. an impact in such a short time. Didn't he, yes. Um, he was... When I was editor of The Green, I, I remember going to... Um, he signed, I think, in about... I can't remember the season, what, the season they went up. And we did a feature on the um, on on the practice pitch, and then at start of the new season, and I always used to, be able to get a columnist for the Green, and back then I used to speak to the club and say, "Can I have a columnist?" I speak to a David Sheepshanks and Alicia and the people there, and they say, "Yeah." And I just had a, I just had something about Marcus. I don't know why. I just thought he was going to be something that season. I don't know. I know I, there was just an inkling, and I said, yeah, can, I, "Can I have Marcus Stewart?" I said, and they went, "Yeah, sure." And of course, that was a year he did what he did. He used to come in the office. And read. He used to come in the office and sit with me because we, we. I used to have an email address called um, um, "send your emails to Marcus at Greenan," and there was lists and lists of these emails. And he used to sit and read them, and we used to laugh and, and we used to have two page spread of your letter, your emails to Marcus. And this was guy was on the edge of being picked for England. He was one yeah. of the top Premiership goal scorers, and he sat in that office most weeks with me for about after training. He used to walk in and just so yeah. down. I loved it. It was just. Well, all I, what I remember about that is, you know, watching Soccer Saturday, his name would always pop up as one of the goal scorers for whichever club he was playing for. <laughs> and when we were in for him, I thought, fantastic. You know, I didn't know a great deal about him, to be honest with you. But I just remember seeing M. Stewart, you know, goal scorer all the time. I thought, well, this will probably turn out to be a good signing. I mean, 
<laughs> little did I know just how good it was going to be. I mean, I was at Bolton that day. Perhaps you guys were, you know, the playoff first, you know, semi-final first leg when we were 2-0 down and thinking, oh, here we go again, you know, 2-0 down. And it, it already felt as though the tie was over. And he scored that wonder goal. And then, of course, he equalised in front of us. I mean, <laughs> incredible. What a player. And, you know, if anyone deserved to score at Wembley that day, it was him. Yeah. And what a beauty yeah. right in front of the town fan. Glorious. How did he not get that England call up? How did that? How yeah. did that not come? If if, if he had scored that many goals now, it would it would happen. It yeah. would happen now because you don't yeah. you don't have to seem to do that much to get an England call anymore. But but Just nineteen goals, wasn't he? He was he was quite unlucky, wasn't he? Because at the time there were some quite some good goal scorers around. So I spoke to Mark ironically only about a year ago to do a season in the sun thing about our season. We've just forty years on from the season, uh, twenty years on. Sorry, from that great season. And he was saying, well, I was a bit, I think, I can't remember he said it, Heskey was about, Sherring was about, was, um, I can't remember, there was four or five top Kevin scorers. Phillips. Kevin, yeah, there was four or five yeah. good English goal scorers around at the time. Um, but going back to when he signed for Ipswich, we used to have a, 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 what back in the day were called web letters, which were back in 1999 were quite sort of really, you know, of course, cutting, cutting, cutting edge, edge stuff. Cutting edge of the great time, web letters. <laughs> and and somebody put this letter up saying, um, what, what have, some Ipswich, an Ipswich fan put 1.2 million or whatever they paid for Marcus. What on earth for? You know, what has he done? He's only covering Huddersfield, I think, wasn't it? And yeah. a guy yeah. replied from Huddersfield and he said, you have no idea what you've just signed. You've signed a guaranteed 20 goal a season player who will run his socks off from start to finish, who will be yeah. a great team man. Who And he just listed all... What we ended up seeing, it was yeah, it was extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, how the heck did we get? I still don't know to this day because Huddersfield were up there with yeah. us pushing for promotion, weren't they? As they David were. They were yeah, they were. I mean, I think it, you know David Sheepshank said, didn't he, on the film? You know, they were gutted, <laughs> but uh, who cares? Yeah, yeah. he did a great time. he did a great job on that, that Mr. Sheepshanks. I think that's the. Uh, that's probably one of the best bits of business that he's uh, yeah. that he's done in in football. He did some Apart a fair few others me. as well. And signing me, Andy, of course. Was he? Oh yeah, he would have been, <laughs> been one of yeah. You were just one of one of the founding bricks of the whole the whole thing. Ninety eight. That was just yeah. Not for one point two million, I can assure you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you you you're, what what are some of your best memories when you first started, Rob? At, oh. Doing, I mean, because obviously, I mean, you got the gig at Ipswich Town, '98. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you, you obviously were you're obviously a big town fan, so it must be a bit of a dream job. I mean, yeah, a, a great a dream job, and and you obviously did. You, you said yes straight away. I assume when offered it, or did you? Did you? Well, sort of no, keep I up? didn't actually. No, I. <laughs> there were three of us in the running. Uh, there was myself. There was Foz, and a guy. I can never remember his name. I do apologise. I think it was Chris. I think it was Chris. Um, and we took it in turns. And at the end of the season, it just happened to fall that I got the playoff semi-final home leg. And um, I got this idea because I think I'd, I'd suggested that we introduced Singing the Blues. And we played the Dave Edmonds version of it. And the whole crowd, you know, were clapping along at we used to play it at the end of uh, the game if we'd won, and the whole crowd clapped along, and I thought, we've got something here. And I think for that playoff semi-final, I got the four stands singing it, 
one by one and then all together and it created such a noise such an atmosphere that would always be one of my favorite memories i mean so many of course five nil against norwich yeah. you know um that incredible season first season in the premier league or premiership as it was called then when we finished fifth i mean it was just a case of lighting the blue touch paper and the crowd just you know would go for it made my job very easy but um yeah so many so many good memories i mean the laughs you know not just the football but i've always tried to have a you know bit of sort of uh, banter with the crowd if you like you know when we do the halftime games and things like that so there have been some funny moments including when they were after a um an official from the crowd i think the referee had pulled up injured or something it was a night game not that long ago and somebody from the police control room came through and said could you put a call out for this guy who they thought was in the crowd could be the standing standing fourth official so i called his name and clearly he didn't respond because mike from next door came through and said you know can you give another call out for him so i did to no avail so we made a third call and by this point the crowd were latching on to this i don't know if you were there that night <laughs> and um you know i i was sort of hesitating and they they were more or less calling his name out for me you know knowing what was coming anyway next thing they came through we can't find this guy can you put a call out for i think it was, i don't know mary somebody it was a female name so this time i went on and um you know this is a message for and they all went, Steve Smith, whatever his name was. I went, Mary Jones. <laughs> <laughs> and just there was much hilarity in the crowd. And it was just, you know, one of those moments. And I think I got back to the train station afterwards. And as I walked along the platform, everybody waiting for the same train as me said, did you ever find that guy, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I think we, we had a pre-season friendly against a Dutch side who came over can't remember who it was now and i had some banter with the dutch fans i think i even dragged one down for a you know penalty shootout because the game was held up for some reason because uh, the german fans coming over is always good fun i think we got one of those down one one week and you know the crossbar challenge and he managed to hit the crossbar so i encouraged him to do a knee slide in front of his fans <laughs> you know it's just Little moments like that. So yeah, it's been it's been great fun. A labour of love, really, to be honest. Were you the man on the mic the night that Kieran Dyer scored that goal with his broken leg? He had to try and yeah. fish his mum out of the crowd yeah. to get him. That 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 will always live in my memory. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Actually, was it was it against Watford? Was it yeah. chucking it down? It was raining, wasn't it? I had stupid things that stay in my mind for some reason. But yeah, a message came through. You know, could we ask Kieran Dyer's mum? to go to the changing rooms and of yeah. course you know that raised a bit of a titter from the crowd i think years later i asked him about it and he just wanted to give her his car keys or something <laughs> <laughs> so he said but it did sound like oh i hurt my leg can i have my mummy you know it did have a ring of that about it didn't it sorry yeah. I'll, t I'll tell you I'll tell you a follow-up to that because Kieran at the time used to write a column. I got him to write a column in the Green, and, and that was his first year. He was only a young kid. He was only 17. Again, yeah. I, I don't know why I asked for Kieran, but he came and it was brilliant. And, um, and of course, I was at that game. It was on, I think it was a Tuesday night, or Tuesday or Wednesday night. Well, obviously it was a night game, definitely. 
and uh, he, he obviously had this broken leg or he broke his leg so i remember going i was off the next day i must have been a wednesday i suppose and i usually had the midweek off so i was off on the wednesday and i get a phone call on my phone and it's it's um it's front reception at the east anglian daily times saying are you working today and i said uh no i said well kieran's here i said well, he broke his leg. I said, what do you mean he's there? And anyway, she put him on to me. He went, I've come to do my column. Oh. I said, well, I said, well, have you broken? He said, well, yeah. He said, well, I'm on crutch. Well, I said, oh, hang on then. And I literally shot back into Ipswich, went, and there he was, bless him, 17, I think 17 or 18, standing there on his crutches. He was determined to still do his column for the for the fans. He wants to still do his yeah. column. But it was, yeah. it was probably, you know, he got released that night and he just woke up next morning and said, oh, I've got to do my column today. He, we usually did it on Thursdays. I don't know why he decided on a Wednesday. Well, this was a Wednesday game for Thursday. I can't remember. But classic Kieran and, and yeah. a, a great local lad. You know, this is the one thing. Born within 100 yards of the ground, you know, and just... He yeah, used to drive, drive his car in, didn't he? Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's brilliant to, probably. to have him around the club now, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I just think again. I, I'm saying to Andy, I, I don't obviously don't cover many games. The Andy and Stu do um, fantastic job. Um, but I was at Charlton um, the other week, and, and he was warming them up, and I just stood there watching and thought, how nice this is. The, yeah. You know, okay, he's not the first team manager yet or whatever, but he's just involved. And I think Ipswich because Ipswich fans are, are. I mean, I've always they're a great bunch, Rob, aren't they? I mean, I, I really always even right now. These, these times we're having, which are so depressing that they quite frankly don't deserve, the team don't deserve the support and the love that they actually do have behind them, if only they knew. Um, and, and, and Ipswich fans have just been, maybe it's the Robson days that have sort of built up this. I still think it's the history. I still think even our young fans today know we've got a history and are proud of it, even if they weren't there. They, they, yeah. they know we've got a history. A bit like Aston Villa fans, a bit like Nottingham Forest fans. You won't change you know, you'll always be a, a big club. And Ipswich, whether people like don't like to take the mickey or not, they're wrong. Ipswich are a big club because of their history and, and hopefully will be even, uh, will be again um, bigger. And yeah. Ipswich fans are great. Yeah, and there's no better place to be when the team are doing well. You know, you, you feel that standing down on the pitch. You just feel that wave of optimism, you know, going around the place and just, you know, people's joy at being there. Yeah, very, very, very much. It's very much. A, yeah, we're a one-town club, aren't we? When, you know, the yeah. club is up, the club is yeah. up, it's the town. You know, there's nothing else. Um, uh, you know, in a football front. No, no, exactly. Yeah. I'll tell you another another memory of you, Rob, from my from my childhood. I used to sit oh, in the top right. in the top tier of the um, I don't know what to call it, the Britannia stand or whatever it is. It's the co-op yeah. stand now. I sat quite yeah. near your box down your end, and my, most of my memories of you relate to probably games in late April or May when other results at other grounds were uh, were quite important in the days where you couldn't just flick on your phone and go on the BBC and just see all the scores. And you used to be there with your twos and your ones up, kind of relaying what the <laughs> score was. Right. There was one in yeah. particular, and I can't remember the exact scenario, but I think it involved Bradford somehow. Yeah, yeah. Brad, yeah Brad, Brad, Bradford and Wolves. Rampant and I think, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that very, very vividly. That you were kind of sending messages round the ground about about whether things were going well or not. Those are those are my best memories. Well, didn't it? It started I think well. So. I think yeah. Wolves scored, didn't they? We we yeah. needed Wolves to, yeah. to beat Rampant, and they scored. And 
some people, as I recall, over in the cobble stand could turn around and look inside the executive box and see the TV screen before <laughs> the Wolves had scored. And then, because what did Sky do? They showed the opening goal again. And because these people thought Wolves had got a second and, you know, this, <laughs> you, could, you could see this, this swell, you know, this buzz. They've got a second, they've got a second, what? And, you know, the crowd, and I was like, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to mention the goal celebrations when I would jump up on the, um, the top of the table to celebrate crucial goals. And I managed to knock one of those grills out of the ceiling once, and it came down on a colleague and uh, slightly injured him. <laughs> What's your view like from there? It looks like a pretty good seat to to watch the game from. You know what? It's good, but it's not as good as the the box next door where the police are because there's a big column here. There's a pillar. So when we've got a corner down the Churchman's End, still call it Churchman's Sorrell, yeah. you've got to stand up and peer round it. Otherwise, it's pretty good. But the police have got this fantastic panoramic view. And may I also add, they've got air conditioning oh. in their room. And we haven't in ours, so there's three or four of us inside this greenhouse on a hot day. Not, you know, I shouldn't complain. I've got a decent view, and it's lovely and warm in the winter. But, yeah, we're sweating away with one fan, you know, <laughs> blowing hot air around this little box. They've got air con next door. <laughs> I need to have a word with our new owners. First thing to do, uh-huh. never mind painting the stand, get air con in the PA room. <laughs> it it would be nice to get the ground tarted up a little bit, wouldn't it, Rob? And get us in yeah. all seriousness. It's been a it's one thing I've found quite depressing over the last half dozen, ten years probably is just watching the ground outside, particularly. Just um I was speaking to someone recently who said they why don't you just get Ipswich Town, just buy five or ten or a thousand buckets of paint and ask Ipswich Town fans, <laughs> they fancy bring a brush and just come in and tidy it. Because I know they would, because they say low love their clock. Yeah, yeah, they definitely would. Yeah, I suppose you you maybe notice that more than me, Mike. I tend to, you know, walk down, down the long drive and yeah. into, the, into the box to do my stuff, and then I'm on the pitch. But, yeah, I mean, I've read numerous comments to that effect, that it needs tidying up. And, uh, you know, from what I've read and heard, the new owners intend to do exactly that. I think it'd be nice to bring Andy in at this point because he's actually spoken, obviously, at length to the new owners. I know he's done some great podcasts on these. You've probably seen them. I have. They're yeah. fantastic. But while we're on, we've, we've talked a lot of the past, Andy, and, and stuff. And do you feel a good sense with these guys? It's hard not to. I don't know if you've li- listened to anything, either the club's interview yeah. or ours with Burke Bakai last yeah. week. Yeah. What yes. what a man. He, it's impossible to to get to the end of a 40 minute conversation with him and not be not be excited about it they're, they're all in on this is yeah whether whether they whether they have the success that they're sort of threatening to have or not I, I don't know but in in terms of intent and and sort of good vibes that are coming out of them you can't can't really knock it can you I think it's just what we need at the moment Andy to be honest don't you mm-hmm. I mean how depressed would we be feeling right now especially the recent results 10 hours without a goal it's ridiculous <laughs> i mean we would be we would be so fed up but at least there's something to look forward to please god you know i just want the season over now and let's see what the summer brings 
and hopefully better times ahead. It can't be any worse, surely. Mm. You know, well, the thing I do like about them the most, actually, is 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 that they've been very clear about, yeah, they will do stuff to tart up Portman Road and give it a bit of love that it needs. But actually, they've, they've been really quite clear that on the pitch and getting results yeah. is, is number one. And that, that's exactly yeah, and that's how so it should be. be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Busy old summer coming up by yes. the sounds of things. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be exciting, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. What have you, um, what have you made of, of the season? You've obviously, you've, I'm sure, I'm not sure if people know or not, you've not been, you've not been on the mic this season. I'm not, I'm not sure where you're at with that, whether you'll be coming back, but I, I bet you've been watching the games, haven't you? I've been watching most of them, Andy, and I think I probably really enjoyed one game, and that was Blackpool away, where we scored some great goals, played some good football, and I thought, yeah, this is more like it. Other than that, the wins we've achieved, we seem to, you know, do it in a not totally convincing way. Uh, you know, we've we've fluked a few and, you know, Plymouth away I was watching. But for the sending off, would we have won that one? Uh, I was ready for a change. You know, I was ready for, for Mr. Lambert to exit stage left for sure. Um, uh, that's about all I can say, really. You know, I, I, I suppose I was hoping things would immediately improve under Paul Cook, but... You know, it's still the same set of players, some of whom just don't look interested, do they? I think that's probably, yeah, it's, it's a funny old situation with so many out of contract. It's it, it's not great that it's been allowed to get to this and that that's not really all on, on Paul Cook, I wouldn't say. I, I think no. to have so many players out of contract in just a few weeks is um, it's, it's something that's happened before, isn't it, Marcus? We, we know that Marcus Evans... Previously, Luke Chambers has spoken about it. Cole Skews has spoken about it. That these contracts are just allowed to drag to April, May time, and um, not not great, is it? I hope that's something yeah. that they ad- address going forward so under those, the new management. We, we probably all expected an upturn of some kind when Paul Cook came in. Yeah. You know, I, I expected to see better, more attacking football. Not quite sure why it hasn't happened that way. You know, we've we've said he's inherited these players and of course we do need to see a Paul Cook team don't we you know players that he wants and feels can do the job in the way that he wants them to so I think we you know we need to wait and see I think you know just just get this season over with just you know just concede these remaining games if we have to (laughs) just get it over finish it let's move on what they I can't do, disagree what... with that. I can't disagree with that sentiment. <laughs> What's what you do on FIFA 21 or something? Don't you just concede after a while when you're losing 10-0 and you just lose, you lose the match or something? I can't remember. I don't play it much these days. But, no, um, I don't play it at all, Mike. <laughs> I think Paul Cook is very infectious the few times I've seen him. Very infectious nature. I would find... I, I would. I, of course, he's been shouting his, his mouth off quite a lot with comments and stuff and it's, you, can, you can sense the frustration in his... You know, yeah. the way he's... Um, but I think... As a footballer, I don't know. It, I'm not a footballer, but I mean, isn't he sort of bloke you want to play for? Because I imagine that if he's if he's buzzing and he's on, he's, you're doing the business. He's going to be, he's going to be a fantastic boss to have. He's he's going to be bouncing. He's going to be all praise and hype and wonderful. You know, he's not dar and sort of got much no. to say. He no. must be, you know, no. sort of bloke I'd want it, to it, win for. To it's chalk and cheese from what we had before, isn't it? And yeah. 
you know, I'm a big fan of Liverpudlians. I just find them, yeah. as you say, very infectious, upbeat, you know, funny. Um, I mean, he's, you know, teams he's managed previously have played attractive attacking football. We've seen them against us. You know, it's just, it, it's almost like there's some kind of curse on us at the moment. You know, what, why can't we just play some attractive football? That's all we want. We just want to see, you know, nice pass and move, some some chances created, chances taken, you know, efforts on goal. With it. It's all we're asking, isn't it? You know, it's not too much as football fans, is it? That, that's, you know, that's why they're paid a, a handsome amount of money to play the game better than you and I can. Mm. Yeah, very much. It's very much a. Um, it's very much. We've, everyone feels very much in limbo at the moment, don't there? There's no yeah. doubt about that. We're all sort of. We'd love Town to win six 0 on Saturday, but we're pretty sure that they're, they're, it's not going to happen. And, and and even if they did, we'd really, we're really not sure where we feel about that. To be honest, that's the bizarre thing. We of course we'd love it to happen, but it, it's all just. It's all just. I think we're all so looking for that Paul Cook bounce, and it yeah. hasn't. It didn't. It hasn't arrived. It didn't arrive. Hasn't arrived. Yeah. Um, I think so we're saying. We're saying, okay, you know, file that and let's move yeah. to next season. I think one of the funniest tweets I saw at the weekend, somebody was calling for score predictions and somebody tweeted, Ipswich Town nil and just left it there. <laughs> I also saw on Twitter this, I saw a tweet, also saw on Twitter on Sunday somebody doing Ipswich Town's goal of the month competition, which apparently is <laughs> <laughs> Luke Lear, Luke Lear own goal. Um, for Bristol Rovers and um, Alan uh, Judge, and I think that's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that is, that uh, is it. You know, this, again, you know, we're summing up Ipswich fans because if we don't laugh, you know, we, we'd be crying, <laughs> wouldn't we? You know, we 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 have got that sort of you know black humour about us, haven't we? Really, mm. very very much very much gallows humour right now. And gallows humour, yeah, yeah. And Andy and uh, so uh, Andy and Stu, of course. I mean, I, I've. I feel a bit sorry for them, Robert. Times, don't you? I mean, that, that they do a fantastic job. I mean, how Paul, oh, how Stu finds five observations from the from the Wimbledon game on on, on Saturday? I've absolutely no idea. You know, Andy and Stuart are the first people's comments that I look for during a game, after the game. I think they just do a brilliant job. I really do, and it's so spot on. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. To be honest with you, I don't think any of us do. Andy, give us a thought of your match ratings. I mean, how close have you come to a zero? You can't, you must uh, have come. <laughs> what what Just, would someone have to do to get a zero, honestly? Like, do, do they get one just just for making it out of the tunnel I, I, I don't know i don't know that that is i'll be honest that is is getting more depressing by the week because and, and the, you don't the bar pick, is getting lower and lower and lower yeah, and and you don't want to pick players out because no. i would have to say guion edwards has been one of my favorite players to watch you know since he arrived at the club i haven't seen the corner but i've seen the free kick you know the free kick <laughs> I haven't. Was the corner pretty much the same? I mean, um, I, I've, I've watched it over and over, and I'm trying to analyze his technique. <laughs> you know, is is he trying to do a Cristiano Ronaldo and just messing it up? What what was he aiming for? Was he trying to pick a player from for the far top corner? I'm not quite sure, but you know, I've I've heard the commentary, and I think is it Mick Mills who just laughs? You know, <laughs> yeah. Brenner, yeah. Brenner, you know, just. Can't can't help but laugh as well. Mm. I mean that sums it up. 
Yeah, the, the, the corner, the corner. I think was worse. If we if we're going to go into was analysis it? on this, the uh. corner. <laughs> if you pick, <laughs> obviously at the north stand, then the corner landed pretty much outside the penalty area at the far back corner of it, and then went out for a throw. It's um. Well, because the the yeah. debate has been, was it deliberate or not? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not going there, but. We didn't have anyone at the back post then, Andy, for that one. No, there was no, there was no deep, deep defender deep. attacking that from the back post. I'm amazed he was able. He was then allowed to take the free kick. To be brutally honest, that, that you have seen because yeah. um, set pieces um, haven't been a strong point, have they? And as I say, you know, he's been one of my favourite players since we mm. got him. You know, he's had some great moments. Scored a lot of goals for us. Mm. I, I just don't know what's happened there. Just don't let him take corners. Be fine. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So what are your hopes for the future then, Rob? I mean, what's, you know, here we are, you know, now, you know, like you say, this season is done and dusted pretty well. I mean, I don't yeah. quite know. I mean, Ipswich still can't get in the playoffs, can't they, Andy? I mean, please, I mean, I'm not, let's am not, I right? let's not, let's not have that no? chat. No. no? Okay. Um, mathematically, yes, but, ah. um, I don't well, think not. There's every chance by the time this gets published as well, actually, that the uh, the mathematical chance might may have gone as well. Um, mm. Let's uh, and, and it's a shame as well for for the American owners, you know, acquiring the club at a time when the playoffs were still a possibility, and yeah. you'd have thought that, that would have given the players something to aim at, mm. you know, a new contract. I don't mystified, totally mm. mystified. Because I think a lot of the current town squad, on their day, if you know, are capable of playing the championship. I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying there's quite a few who are. So, you know, it was it was. There's a lot to play for. But there you go. This, sadly, this... sadly, that day was in August. I think. Yes, it probably was. <laughs> Last year. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, let me, Rob, just between you and me, let me just flip the subject just a tiny bit for our Ipswich Town fans. They don't mind a quick two minutes here. Um, Andy is also in on it. Um, Ipswich Witches. Of course, the oh. Speedway. Now, now, now that the Speedway starts in about two, a couple of weeks' time, Rob, of course, me yeah. and you, we were big fans of Speed. You've done the PA, you know, we, I report that. Andy, of course, Andy's a big Speedway fan as well. Um, Good man. Uh, let's have a quick let's have a quick two minutes on that thing. So we don't want Ipswich Town fans to turn off because we will be back on town, but just a quick couple of minutes. Looking forward to yeah. it. Oh, so much. Devastated that we didn't get a season last year because, you know, I was thinking, oh, forget the football. Come on, Speedway. Come on, the Witches. Give us a lift. And we put a very good side together. Mm. You know, Jason Crump, some new guys in there. Uh, Clint, you know, and was really looking forward to seeing them. Uh, so gutted when the season was written off. But, yeah, let's get going. I think 17th of May, away at Kings Lynn. Yes. Uh, well, you know, I'm halfway between the two here in Norwich, of course. So, yeah, I'll be there that Monday we'll evening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. Starved of it. I mean, we had the Grand Prix series, which was fantastic. Some of the racing in that is just breathtaking. Yeah. But, yeah, can't wait to get up to Foxhall on a balmy Summer's oh. evening. Oh, no a couple, of, a, couple of, a couple of chili dogs and a dark. Oh. Oh. Yeah. yeah, extra Wonderful. chili. 
extra chilly. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, it's interesting. We talk about the speedway with the football. You see, again, Ipswich speedway fans are massively loyal, and a lot Ipswich witches, of course, have this same fantastic history that the football club have. They, and and literally, it went yeah. a little bit hand in hand for a little while well, in the seventies. Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, I say to people, you know, I was a teenager through those glory years for both the football and the Speedway Club. Ipswich was the yeah. place to be. You know, we, we got a radio station, which, of course, you know, excited me hugely. Um, and, you know, you could follow the town and you could follow the witches via those reports on Radio Orwell, um, you know, with you guys in the press. Fantastic days and huge crowds at both Portman Road yeah. and Foxhall Heath. And, yeah, I mean, those great championship-winning teams that John Berry put together, cup-winning teams, double-winning teams, magical nights with the legend John Eyre, you know, on yes. the microphone. I mean, I had a yeah. go in the 80s, but John Eyre was just, you know, he was the man, hugely yeah. missed, and a great influence on me, to be honest. Uh, but, yeah, great days, Mike, great days, and really looking forward to the new season. Well done to Chris and the team up at Foxhall for keeping it yeah. all going. And uh, cannot wait to get back up there and see the witches in action again. Yeah. You going to pop up, Andy? I think this might be the summer where my, uh, where my daughter gets introduced to, uh, to Speedway. If we, if they, have they got any Bank Holiday Monday ones? Even, Thursday evening. She's only three, so Thursday evenings uh -huh. aren't going to happen. I don't they, think they uh, have, actually, this year. Oh, she's gonna have to wait another year then, isn't she? But I think she'd. Re she's got a little ear defenders. Um, I think whenever, if we can ever get her up there, I think she'll quite like it. Um, yeah. She like the noise and the smell. It's the smell that gets me. That's oh, what. Yeah. That's what I miss yeah. about Speedway. I used to in a, in a in a former life. I I followed covered Swindon Robins home and away every single week, and the smell. You walk in to the sound yeah. of the bikes warming up and the smell. That's what. That's what yeah. gets me going about Speedway. There isn't a Speedway fan in the world who doesn't mention the smell. It's amazing, isn't it? We love it, don't we, Mike? Mm, gorgeous. And, and, yeah. and, of course, and the riders, I've always found, the, are just such down-to-earth, fantastic characters and men. Yes. And, and, you know, autographs are not an issue. You can stand yeah. uh, I mean, even. I mean, I've even interviewed riders in between races, and, and it's ridiculous, really, the access and the fact they'll give you their time. And uh, yeah. oh, it's, it's, it's terrific. And, and, you know... You see a footballer get slightly touched, you know, and they're rolling over <laughs> yeah. six times. You know, speedway riders come off 60 miles an hour, whatever it is, you know, crash through the safety fence and, you know, dust themselves down, get back on for the rerun. Incredible. Mm. Yeah. Just, just, I've always got that, that memory of Chris Harris. Chris Harris, was it, got run over in the yeah. in a playoff final and won the rerun. <laughs> he, he got completely run over by a motorbike and then yeah. three minutes later just won won the same race ridiculous Incredible. isn't it yeah it is yeah i remember, yeah, the, I remember the great dennis the great dennis Sagalos, who we all love very much ipswich the american rider he's dislocating his shoulder on numerous times and and i think john Erie might be john Erie. they're just saying he's just popped his shoulder back in he'll be okay for the rerun <laughs> yeah. him and cowboy cook yeah, yeah. good days Anyway, back to the back to the football, Andy, and uh... back to the football. Before we finish up, Rob, I, I, I want to know if we're gonna we're gonna have you back on the mic at Portman Road at some point. Foz has done a great job this season, and yeah, but is uh, are you coming? Are you are you coming back to to take uh, well, take your mic back, or what, what's going to happen there? I honestly don't know, Andy. I think it you know remains to be seen. You know, I don't know what the new owners' plans are. Um, 
I'm, one way or another, as soon as we're allowed back in, I will be there. And if I'm not on the mic, I'll be uh, cheering boys on from, uh, from a seat somewhere in the stadium. But, uh, yeah, I, I honestly don't know. Don't know was, yet. When was the last time you did that? Go to Portman Road to watch a match without a microphone in your hand? Well, it was, I think, season before last, possibly. Burton Albion? Did we go oh, behind oh, in that game? Quite possible. <laughs> the only Burton Albion game I remember is a, on the theme of the current day, actually, a miserable nil-nil draw under Mick McCarthy. Um, I hope you were. No, we won this one. We okay. won this one. I'll tell you why. It was... It was my birthday weekend and my good lady had booked us a room at the Salt House. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, look, let's, let's make a, a real day of it and I'll come and sit with you and my brother in the stand. So um, I think Wayne stood in for me. It was the, um, it was the Freddie Shears game. Okay, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that would have been last season lovely. then, yeah. Yeah, I think we fell behind, but then came back to win about three or four one, yeah, something like four that. Four one, yeah. So that that was the last time I sat in the stands, and that was really weird. That was, yeah, it was quite strange. But it's something I'll do again. If I'm not on the mic, I'll be down there cheering the boys on. Mm. But I can't honestly say one way or the other what you know. There there will be some conversations, should we say? I found um. I've got a little interesting, just a little, as we, we probably come near, near the end now of a, this, it's a video cast, um, Andy, or a podcast. What am I supposed to call it? Uh, you can call it whatever. If you're listening to it, it's a podcast. If you're, you're, watching, it's a podcast. If you're watching it, if you're watching it, I guess it's just it's just a video. Nice, isn't it? Just a video. It's whatever you need it to be. Whatever like. you want it to be. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm gonna, we're going to... We're going to finish on. I'm going to finish on a positive person because in the last week, you know, just a quick story here. I've met three people who have all said they're going to buy season tickets next year, having not been for years. One is my brother, who never parts with money, so that's extraordinary. He's even <laughs> offered to buy his good wife a season ticket. Um, wow. That's my, my brother Rick and 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 uh, and, uh, and his good wife. Is, he's off to buy her a ticket as well. But I don't think uh, Sharon is quite so keen, but anyway, that's not the point. And then I was playing golf with, um, with a friend of mine called Graham, who's already said he's going to buy a season ticket. And then the ex most extraordinary one was I went for a lovely walk at Icon Cliff. Have you been to Icon Cliff right in down, no. down here? Yeah, we were not going to. And a guy was looking at my, um, was looking, we were chatting away, he's looking at my car, just we talk about cars. And he was a former season ticket holder, a big Chelsea fan, loves the town. And he, out of the blue, he said, I'm going to get a season ticket next year for the first time. I think in 10 years. And wow. I thought, that's the third person who's told me that in the space yeah. of literally a week, well, all because of the maybe. Americans, all because of the global call. You could be the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of it's because of the podcast with the new owners, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I make you right. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. But um, meanwhile, come on, the witches, and um, <laughs> let's get this football season over with and bring on the summer. Mm. See what happens. Yeah, the only way That's is up. There should be a song. <laughs> do, you know any, do you know any records, Rob? <laughs> should we end things on a positive note before we accidentally fall down any holes talking about the current season again? Because that yeah. should, we, should we end things there? Well, thank you so much for joining us, Rob. Whether whether we uh, hear you back on the mic at Portman Road again or not, or just see you 
see you lighting flares in the north stand like the, the new owners <laughs> want. Well, it remains to be seen, but um, we'll be great yeah. to see you back at Portman Road soon. And uh, thank you for sharing a few of your few of your stories with us. Loved it. Always love talking about anything Ipswich related. Cheers, Andy. Cheers, Mike.